0: Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning.
1: Greetings, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Good. I'm awful tired. I was
0: digesting. (laughs) I watched television for over an hour last night. (laughs) I didn't want to miss anything. But uh, I I probably would have been better off, or at least I couldn't have been worse off, maybe just gone to bed early or something. (laughs) No, I I found it interesting because it turns out that it's, it's big news. I think it's very interesting. I was advised one time, a long time ago, that when you're having your own function. And that was back when equal equal time was uh, a law. You know, if you have one person on, you have to have the other person on. And I guess uh, with CNN being a little bit mixed up, they want to look like a better uh, news station. So they're having this <laughs> this uh, forum for the Republican candidates yeah. to show how independent minded they are. And uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought it- I-, I started off watching the program. And I didn't realize, uh, you know, it was for Republicans. I thought, well, they're just having town hall meetings and yeah. they're gonna offer it to the various candidates. And I thought, holy man, this Trump is really good. <laughs> he's, he's really gotten the audience, but it turned out it. As a Republican audience, it was practically his audience, yeah. but uh, for him, I think it was worthwhile, but uh, it would go back to the question, really, should you give time to your competition yeah. because I can't see how uh, how the Democrats benefit by that uh, matter of fact i'm I'm not sure that uh, cNN's going to get any credit for being more open minded <laughs> yeah. I, I think and then of course uh, they they came back and they were strongly critical of what was going on and uh for the most part, it was uh, proper decorum, and uh, y- yet uh, uh, there were some questions from the audience, and, and they were challenging. So uh, it uh, it wasn't so bad that I had to turn it off and leave. Uh-huh. I, I did listen to it, try to learn something. But, uh, you know, so still, the big thing that they go after Trump, because he's an idiot and he still believes that there probably was rigging in the lax election yeah. and uh since uh i I lean strongly in that direction because I think almost all elections have some rigging going on. Yeah. If, if not the uh, the open rigging of the of the media, how they're always uh, favoring one candidate over, over over another. But that was the one that they hit him, and of course I think he defended himself uh, fairly well on that. But uh, I'm sure the Democrats couldn't stand it.
1: Yeah. Well, it was interesting. And I think, I mean, CNN hasn't suddenly changed their spots and gone Republican. However, the media landscape has changed a bit. Now that Tucker Carlson is gone from Fox, you know, it looks like CNN is trying to pick up some ratings. And I'm sure they won that slot. There's no question about it. There were a lot of viewers, as you suggested in your opening, at what cost? Because I think, and we'll talk about a little bit later, some people weren't that awfully happy that CNN allowed a platform to President Trump. But you know, overall, and I have to say I only watched clips. I did not watch the whole thing. I have to confess. I don't have uh, CNN on my TV. Um, but f- from what I saw, the clips that I saw, it seemed to me that Trump demonstrated himself to be at the top of his game. Um, you know this is the Trump that we remember from 2016, where he won by just rolling over Hillary, just you know, steamrollering Hillary, and using the greatest tool ever, which is humor. And that doesn't mean I liked everything he said. That doesn't mean that I don't have criticism. You and I criticized him for four years, pretty much nonstop. But when you look at it objectively, when you look at some of these clips objectively, two words come to mind, Joe Biden. Joe Biden could never do anything like this. Uh, And it just demonstrates to the American people, I think, and maybe just to his base, maybe that's all he has to worry about. This is a person who still has it, who still has it going on upstairs, who still has a sense of humor, who doesn't miss a beat. I mean, this woman, uh, Caitlin Collins, she grilled him like a like a fish on the barbecue. <laughs> but he, he was cool, calm and collected, and he answered back. So that was my main takeaway that this is the trump that we remember from 2016 and his
0: expressions were pretty
1: good too yeah yeah <laughs> I'll yeah, tell you yeah, what. yeah yeah
0: uh, well you know this idea that he gets blamed uh uh for overemphasizing a rigged election mm-hmm. I, I think the tactics of uh the the, the uh, trump people and the republicans i never agreed with it because it didn't fit what i might have done yeah because um he he he, uh, he said they're stealing the election or they at least made people think that he's saying well they're stolen the election and we got to get to the bottom of this and uh yet i think uh and in, in their sense they wanted he wanted to re even now reverse the election yeah. you know it was done and over done with and and he wanted to reverse it so that sounded a little more radical for the political people and i think uh i always thought you know what the approach ought to be i think we have a right to count all the votes
1: yeah. isn't
0: it wasn't it down to the bottom line I mean when they were complaining about you know uh, all the, uh, the the disruptions in the way they were kind of just count all the votes and, uh, and and yet it turned out to be did they rig it do they want to turn back and and uh, reverse the election which was an impossibility yeah uh, so so anyway uh, it, it it has been a top item but I think I don't think think Trump lost any points
1: on it. Yeah, no, but I think you're right. I mean, the approach, the rhetoric that he used was just wrong. He didn't have to say it that way. He could have countered by saying, no, I, be- I agree with you all. Every vote should count. That's why we need to count every <laughs> yeah, vote. Right. You know, something like this would have worked better than yeah. this. You know, But he can be very stubborn. We'll have a couple of clips. And if we put the first one up, we're using as a general guide our helpful friends at Zero Hedge because they have the top 10 moments from Trump's CNN town hall we did not take all ten but there's a couple we wanted to touch on in the first one of course this is one of the early ones she talked about Caitlin Collins talked about is you know why do you keep complaining about 2020 the rigged elections and if you go to the next one they had a little uh, focus group afterward and they asked the people there why won't Trump stop talking about 2020 and the voter said, well, the first question you asked him was about 2020. <laughs> so the very first thing they ask him is about why will you keep why you keep saying it was rigged? Why won't you accept it? And then they said well, why do you keep talking about it? <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah.
0: So that was good. And, uh, on, um, there's there's a few other items there. Um the the other one is a big issue in the news, and and, and uh, the article mentions, that, and that's the January sixth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how how abused uh, that has been in the media. There's so many things about what happened there that, uh, and Trump got a lot of them in, but I don't think he got all the points. I, he he mentioned it, but I think the tremendous abuse was. With all this nonsense, this rigging of the uh, committee, the investigation, you know, it was a one-sided investigation. Yeah. And the denial of looking at the films that were available, that, 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 is, that doesn't happen in any trial. Yeah. You know, the, bo- the opposition is supposed to know what the, pro- the prosecution is doing, but uh, not not in this case. They weren't allowed. Now they're getting to see it, and, um, you know, it, it turns out that uh, there were some justifications for for the complaints you know and uh of course that could lead up to the the one big problem that the film has helped and that's that's uh what happened uh, with the uh killing of Ashley yeah, Abbott yeah. that that to do again was part of the tragedy of the misinformation which was uh, democratically uh, de- de- dem- uh the democrat party along with uh, the FBI yeah. and the uh, and the media that uh, perpetuated uh
1: one of the things that I thought was hilarious in the reaction to all of the things that Trump said were the various quote-unquote fact-checked organizations. And so uh, <laughs> I entered just a couple of key search terms into Google or whatever, and there will be like what he said and then, and then 50 different organizations. Fact-check, he was wrong, he was wrong. Fact. It just shows how politicized yeah. the fact-check is, yeah. the whole thing. But put up that next one because now you mentioned the January 6th, and this is, I think, a pretty triumphant moment for uh, Trump And this shows how well prepared he was. Now this is not a, I didn't use the audio clip, but just the main point, because Caitlin Collins says to Trump, why did it take you three hours to tell those rioters to go home on January 6th? And what he did was amazing. He simply reached into his coat pocket and pulled out a printout of his tweets. And he said, I don't believe I did. Checks his notes. On January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and Law Enforcement. They're on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. And then he went on to say, as I was giving my speech, as they were there, I told them to be peaceful, you know, <laughs> and peacefully protest. So he basically destroyed her whole thesis of her question, which is that it took him three hours to tell people to go home. Yeah. So, I thought that no, was pretty strong. He, he,
0: he definitely was and got back on him, But I, I found also the... Uh, an interesting thing because it's not a yes and or no and that is would you uh, what, what what would you do if you're president would you pardon the people yeah there? that was good and so i guess they were expecting him to blunt out yeah i'm they're all going to get pardoned yeah. but his answer was v- very dignified in that he would study it and the people who did not commit you know acts of violence yes and that would be a lot of them yeah. but uh, how how they how have they been treated just think that, that you know uh, Uh, how how they've been uh, imprisoned without due process of law, and they're still there suffering from it. The families have suffered, but it doesn't seem like the civil liberties of the uh, Trump opponents uh, really care too too much about that. So uh, it would be a it would be, I, and I believe he would follow up on that promise. I think uh, you know, if, if if he becomes president, he's going to sit down and look at it and have somebody say, "Well, these ten or fifteen people went over the top," yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's it. "And," uh, but to do this for years, uh, you know, going on now, so that that that, that whole thing is a tragedy because uh, they all they always uh, wanted to uh, say that uh, this was, uh, y- you know. A part part of, of a uh, insurrection yeah this was bad stuff it yeah. was insurrection and then once again yeah there there was a policeman shot a demonstrator you know oh a policeman yeah the capitol hill policeman uh shot a woman yeah was she getting ready did she have a gun was she pointing a gun what was she doing oh they found out afterwards she didn't have a gun yeah. And uh, he, But he said he was frightened about it. It looked like, it looked like he, there could be danger ahead. But they investigated it. The uh, Capitol Hill police and the other organization, they, they said, no, uh, he, had a, he had a right to be frightened about that. So he just fires and kills somebody yeah. like that.
1: And I think you're right, you know, because Trump addressing January 6th and saying that, yeah, I'm inclined to pardon them. And actually, you can put this next tweet up because this is where the exchange took place he was asked by a voter in New Hampshire will you pardon the January 6th writers who were convicted of federal offenses he said I'm inclined to pardon many of them and he clarified it as you say some of them went over the top and they should be punished but most of them didn't and he'd be inclined to pardon them but what I think this does is this undermines one of the most sacred texts in the Church of the Woke, which is that we had an insurrection. We've got to keep these people down. In fact, as we've talked about on the show before, there was an insurrection, but it was Blinken and and the CIA having an insurrection on the laptop issue. But it undermines the sacred truth that can never be spoken, and certainly never on CNN, that there was an insurrection and we have to guard against it.
0: You know, I think since... um They got some, the Republicans got some uh, films on here. There was an indication, maybe it was Tucker that was showing them. And then when it started to show that there were plants in there, FBI plants and maybe CIA plants, they they were taken off. They were taken down. So I think that's one of the biggest thing that should uh, look at the, uh, you know, investigation is to find out how many were there. You know, the Republicans have been asking that from the beginning, but that to me is a big deal. That that is part of a coup where the police become crooked and uh, they infiltrate everything. And then uh, if, uh, and and then then they stir up trouble in, in order to frame somebody through an entrapment, see what they did, see what they did. So uh, and and that of course I think's been around for a long time that whole principle, but this sort of epidemic now, and they and they've used this. So I think the investigation. I hope the Republicans really, really, really work hard to find out how many federal officials were involved, and how many, and get all the films together. What were their activities? And uh, maybe maybe they were guiding uh, you know a few people and saying, look at the insurrectionists and, and, and helping them out. Who knows? what they what they were doing but when uh, when there was some acts of violence when somebody's climbing up on a wall yeah uh, it'd be interesting to see what well, was the FBI agent nearby there yeah. was did he give the, did he get the ladder for him yeah. <laughs> you know that sort of thing that to me is a sad
1: situation well what's the fellow's name Jason changely or something the fellow with the horns on his head you know he was let out because the the tape showed that they were letting him in the rooms oh, he didn't yeah, break that's in That's right. It, finally sat, common sense came about yeah <laughs> Well, here's the next one you're talking about, Babbitt, and I think this is an example of how Trump was very, very good and deflected some of these pointed questions because Collins, of course, was going on and on and on doing her own fact check, and she said, talking about January 6th, over 140 officers were injured. And Trump said, and a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed. You know what? She was killed, and she shouldn't have been killed. And that thug that killed her, there was no reason to shoot her. Now, that's stronger language, I think, than... A lot of people would use about the officer who did it, but he brought it up. What about this? What about this? What about shooting this unarmed woman? And I think it was a, an interesting way of of parrying that that blow that she tried to to land.
0: Yes, so, you know uh, they briefly mentioned Mike Pence, and you know yeah. and, uh, they they uh, dr- 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 uh, hit it hard about the separation, Trump. Trump uh, fighting with Pence and and Pence not doing what Trump told him to do. But (coughs) on the surface, the argument was, is who should settle this? And Trump was arguing it should be sent back to the states. Uh And, uh, you know, the details of that, uh, I don't know timing and all this is, but you know, once it's over and done with, it's hard to resuscitate an election. But if you have an argument, you know, like we had uh, with, uh, with uh, George Bush and Gore, that uh, there are some very good, uh, uh, you, you know, jurists that believe that, that how, how did that get settled just by a Supreme Court ruling? Yeah, you know, seven weird. people getting together, one vote, I think. And so they, uh, this is uh, the, the one thing that they, they, they could do. And I think uh, Trump's advice was, was good advice. Send 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 it back, and Pence wouldn't do it. Yeah. But but that should have gotten some serious consideration when there's a real argument that uh, you know if it's a if it's a, if we're at an impasse or it's in in a way that's a tied vote, we can't yeah. resolve it, and we've been counting and doing all these things. All right, we're sending it to the House of Representatives, and each state has a vote.
1: Yeah yeah, and I think probably that's another case where Trump's bombastic style didn't do him any good you know, because of the way he approached it. But yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, because it was pretty weird the way the Supreme (laughs) Court did in 2000. Well, the next one that talked about was Ukraine. And I think he was particularly good on Ukraine. And we have a couple of audio clips. If we can do that first one, that first audio clip on Ukraine of how he was asked and how he responded. We can, yeah, we should probably full screen that. And yeah, watch this, watch the whole, the whole clip. Oh no, the 45 seconds of this one.
0: Absolutely do you over. want Ukraine to win this war?
1: Uh, I
0: don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and
1: breaking them. Is- <laughs> what do you, can I just follow up on that? You but said you don't think in terms of winning and losing. Mr. President,
0: can I just follow up on that because that's a really important thing no, that you there. Excuse me, let me just, just follow up. There. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying, they're dying, Russians and Ukrainians, I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done, I'll have that done in 24 hours, I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You you know what I'll say, I'll say this.
1: So we have her, and this is really a critique of the entire way that the news media handles these events, treating it like a sporting event. Which team are you on? Do you want Ukraine to win, or do you want Russia to win? And again, Trump didn't fall for it. He said, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as people are dying, and I want to stop them dying, and I want to do whatever it takes to help them stop dying. And she couldn't let up with this because she wanted him to say, well, I'm for Putin, I'm Putin's puppet, you know, which he didn't say. He said, I want to end this war. And I think you can see from the reaction of the audience, they appreciated that more nuanced approach to the issue.
0: You know, um, if if I had been in that situation, I would have uh, accepted what Trump said, but I would have added something when he asked who? Who do you, who do you want to win the war? Who do you want to lose the war? Then,
1: yeah.
0: uh, and I'm I would say I am not rooting for NATO. Yeah, you know it's, it's a war between NATO and Russia, and uh, and bring up the whole subject how to get started, but there's no reason I, I can't I can't believe what I'm saying would be better than what he did. He did a good job, but I would say he's the commander in chief. Yeah. If he wants to end the war, because it's a hundred percent dependent on us, yeah. uh, you know, be, to get it started. In 2014, it continues, and uh, we're still adding more and more money. Stop the money and bring the troops home, and he could do that with an, uh, with an announcement very, very quickly. If that announcement was made and everybody believed it, I'll tell you what, the fighting would stop. Yeah. The fighting would stop. They might want to save their fighting for another day, but they'd have to do some realignment. But uh, I would uh, vote to not provide a victory for a NATO.
1: Yeah. Huh? And actually, the chief diplomat of the EU, Joseph Burrell, said that as much just the other day. He said, you know, if this fighting would stop in a couple of days if we stop giving weapons, because that's the only yeah, thing keeping them going. But he was saying that's why we need to give more. So he had <laughs> the opposite conclusion. <laughs> but I thought, um, and I had not seen this gentleman before, Representative um, uh, Donalds. Uh, I think he had a, a, was very, very good on CNN. If we can play the second clip, how he handled the Ukraine issue when asked about Trump's response, I think was good. Uh, And I I was pretty impressed if you listen to this gentleman. I'm not sure where he's from. He's a Republican US uh, representative. With respect to Ukraine, I totally disagree. He did not say he was just going to give over Ukraine the way you intimate, Van. He did not say that. He didn't say he what was, he said he didn't what, say that he Van, was, Van, was what he, victory, Van, what he said was, is that he would actually look for a solution to end it quickly. He put 24 hours on it, but let's be very clear. What Joe Biden has done has been a disaster. <laughs> that was pretty very good. Very yes. I think yeah, he's did. from Florida. Yeah, oh, from Florida, yeah. He did a, he did a, good, a, a good job on that. Well, the other one that we were going to talk about is the inflation thing i think unless you had one before no, that. We, and he was inflation. Asked, i've heard about yeah the problem. <laughs> we know it well but he was asked by one of the voters you know if we can put that next one on that next clip on uh just the next tweet from tim young is the one um i know i've got you so busy back there but no this is just this is not an audio one uh trump asked about is, is asked about how to curb inflation and the record cost of living And his response, drill, baby, drill. We have more liquid gold under our feet than any other nation. And these stupid fools ended it, (laughs) i.e. ended drilling. I thought that was a pretty clever response. Yeah, you know, this
0: is an opportunity. And I had several of those uh, in the few debates that I had been in to bring up the subject, which I think is so pervasive. None of this stuff would have to be bothered with if we had honest money, because there would be no money. Nobody's going to donate money to go and, and send our kids over to Ukraine or try to, you know, you know uh, uh, instigate a war with Russia and all this nonsense. But uh the, the policy, though, is, uh, you know, the the subject is sure, sure has to be dealt with by with the uh, Federal Reserve and, uh, you know, the, the mo- money supply. Now, what Trump talked about is drill, baby drill. That is good politics. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you that that is because I would agree that nonsense. Added fuel to the fire of inflation. Yeah. You know the price inflation. This will push up prices, but that's that's secondary, and it's a combination, and they put it together the same way with the spending on on COVID. COVID doesn't cause the inflation, but the reaction to COVID means print, print, print. Yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> probably what I say, Drew. Baby, stop the presses, stop the presses, yeah. stop the presses. So it was, uh, it was, a, it was a good answer, but. Uh, probably and he he could have taken as much time as he wanted you know but but i think it's so important on the incentives on on why that happens but a lot of people think the inflation comes if there's a drought and a lot of crops are uh, die and they're, oh, prices going up, we're gonna have inflation. No, you're gonna have rising prices uh, for a certain reason. The worst thing that we're going through right now is we have the inflation because the Fed has printed so much money, since, especially since 2008. And uh, also on top of that, then we have, uh, ha- have Biden coming in there and destroying <laughs> the production of energy yeah. and all this. So uh, I like to sort the two out and deal with both of them
1: yeah absolutely and it gives you an idea that there is a solution we can get out of this and maybe part of it is is oil but now let's talk a little bit about the reactions to it and there were some interesting ones the first one I had uh, to pull up is uh, John Nolte and he's a right wing guy I think he writes for Breitbart and he had a pretty interesting article about it and of course he liked it because he likes Trump but I think he made really good point Dr. Paul if we can put that next one up because I think this really um, captures it was my it was it was certainly was my impression he said Trump pulling copies of his timestamp tweets to prove Collins a liar was far beyond ownage and then he went on to say best of all in an increasingly uptight and fascist culture Trump made us laugh and only fools underestimate the power of such things it was glorious and I think that was a simple point that his real triumph is that he made people laugh he made Americans laugh And that was uh, no small thing, as he says, in our uptight culture. Um, But, Dr. Paul, someone wasn't as happy as they might have been, and that is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, if we can put her up. She was mad, not at Trump. That's a given. Go to the next one, if you don't mind. I'm going to skip that one. She was mad at CNN. And this is interesting. She says... CNN should be ashamed of themselves. They've lost total control of this town hall to again be manipulated into, de- into platforming election disinformation, defenses of January 6th, and a public attack on a sexual abuse victim. The audience is cheering him on and laughing at the host. She's mad. And do the next one. She's even more mad when she follows up and she says, This falls squarely on CNN. Everyone here saw what was going on. Instead, they put a sexual abuse victim in harm's way, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know, Dr. Paul. AOC is pretty mad at CNN about this.
0: Uh, and you're feeling sorry for it?
1: <laughs> Hardly, huh?
0: Well, you know, there's, uh, they, they interviewed another very, very well-known Republican, so yeah. this is important to listen to this. You know, this comes from Chris, Chris Christie, and uh, I, don't, I don't think he's very friendly with Trump, even though they used to be pseudo-friends. But uh, he had a few words to say, and they weren't exactly flattering uh, toward, uh, toward Trump. And here, here's his state. Here's his statement. He's, he'd have a different approach. He says, "I think he is Trump, is a coward. I think he's a puppet of Putin." <laughs> oh my! Christie responded, "I really do. I think I don't know why. To tell you the truth." I can't figure it out. But there's no other conclusion to come to. He wouldn't say last night that Ukraine should win the war. (laughs) Easy task. I mean, I was stunned. It was, to me, it was the most... Stunning moment of the whole debate. <laughs> if you won't say that you think uh, Ukraine should win the war, I don't know where you stand with Putin. Oh boy, do you think we should reassess ourselves? On, he's he's a strong strong voice there, but I don't think he's going to be much competition for Trump. No. I, I
1: don't. If he, they they said he's still thinking about running, <laughs> yeah. unless it's a hamburger eating contest, then he might do well in that. Yeah. way. but you know he's mad because. Trump is not endorsing the neocon thing, which is we got to take sides, we got to win, uh, and you know the Democrats did that for four years. He's Putin's puppet. I, I looked it up after I looked at that Christie quote and uh, see how popular he was in places like New Jersey. Seventy percent of the New Jersey voters don't want him to run. So <laughs> there you go. I don't even think his uh, his relatives uh, want him to run. I did have one more audio clip to, to go to go, and I know that you can't end the show without listening to how Jake Tapper viewed this whole thing. So listen to Jake. He was not happy with his own network either for giving Trump the opportunity. Listen to Jake here. He called a black law enforcement officer a thug. He said people here in Washington, D.C. at Chinatown don't speak English. He attacked Caitlyn as a nasty woman because she was trying to get him to answer a question. Perhaps most chillingly, the day after, a nine-person jury of his peers in New York found him liable for sexual battery and defamation and ordered him to pay writer e. Jean carroll five million dollars he made fun of her account of her sexual assault and many in the audience laughed uh, and applauded he- i just thought that was funny they were uh, they were downtrodden
0: yeah well i don't think that case is over
1: yeah they're, they're
0: because, you know, there, there, there were some pretty strong arguments that didn't hold like like she didn't remember what year it happened. It yeah, didn't call yeah. anybody, all this stuff. Ugly. And... Uh, so I don't we haven't heard the last of that, but that'll probably go on. He'll he'll uh, he'll challenge it. Uh, you know, he'll appeal it and it'll go on and on. But uh, uh, and then somebody else said, I don't know why she's doing this. Oh, it's on principle. But they were telling that we she win $5 million. And so we said, well, guess where that money's going to go? it's going to go to taxes it's going to go to the attorneys yeah, yeah. it's going to go to this and she's she's not going to end up with it, but she's doing this on principle yeah, yeah. political principles <laughs> somebody's going to be you know very happy that she did that just and you know she didn't have a clear memory of that, but her memory became clearer the closer we got to the election. Yeah, so, is amazing uh, how that happened? And uh, well, I, we know personally very little of that thing. I didn't even follow the case, but there's yeah. there's a lot of nonsense. I, you know, all these uh, cases go up. You know, it's just amazing, this whole thing, how Trump all this stuff just runs off him it doesn't ever phase him because of even from his first night that he had a debate you know in 2016 uh they thought well he's over with yeah. when he was uh challenging kelly then uh the hostess on it and uh, he he, oh yeah, then he would he attacked McCain. Yeah, that's what <laughs> and, yeah, and he went on and on, and uh, you know, uh, it's it's just that I think people were sick and tired of uh nobody being allowed to answer back because it was politically incorrect i think political correctness and incorrectness became secondary yeah. it was sort of this idea people don't have the right just to run over you and nobody objects and uh and i think that's what trump symbolizes that he there's a limit to what he's put up to and people are angry and upset yeah, yeah. so they they uh, you know gather around an individual that is not afraid to blunt it out and say it and uh, uh, you know, he, he comes up with a lot of good statements, even though he oversteps his bounds sometimes. But I think people have gotten sick and tired of this radical political correctness. Matter yeah. of fact, it's gotten worse in the last couple of years uh, with this polygenderism and all the yeah, nonsense yeah. going on. That uh, This uh, this is just a, a, a total disaster.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we're not endorsing him, but we think he put on a good performance <laughs> last night. And I think he won over... Uh, some people, or at least he, he, he you know, he caused the people that were wavering to say, I, I, rem- I remember what it was like. Uh, but before I close, I do want to again uh, mention the sponsor of our program for May, and of course that is It's a great company to get yourself prepared for anything, whether it's survival food, RV and camping, home and garden, or solar generators. And they put out a Patriot Power Generator 1800 and a 2000, depending on what need you want. And the great thing about solar generators as opposed to gas generators is that they are 100% fume-free. There can be some danger with carbon monoxide fumes, of course, in a gas generator. But not only are they fume-free, they are silent and safe. Uh, They are uh, as quiet as a laptop computer and they're within the range, the price range of all Americans now. You can upgrade these things, you can run, you can run your refrigerator on them, you can run your phone, you can run your solar, your telephone, uh, your medical devices, and the best thing about it is right now, if you go to forpatriots.com, and we will put the link in the description and use the code Ron, they will give you 10% off your first purchase of anything in the store, including one of these big bad boys That's a pretty good savings if you look at what it is. So go to 4patriots.com, enter Ron to get 10% off. And thanks again, 4patriots.com, for sponsoring the show today. And my final word, Dr. Paul, as I close my week out, uh, is to remind our viewers and everyone out there of our conference coming up. And let's put up that final clip if we can. June 3rd, it's coming up fast. It's going to be a great event we're going to talk about. Well, a lot of the stuff we talk about on the show, if we can put that final clip up, there we go. They lie. (laughs) Nihilism and the war on truth. And it's from everywhere, from COVID to the uh, uh, censorship industrial complex uh, to the media, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to have a great event here in Houston. I will include in the link description of this program. As I mentioned, we are keeping ticket prices the same as we had last year when we had our last sold-out event in Houston, because we want you there. So check it out. Dr. Paul?
0: Well, you know, this has been a problem, and uh, I like thinking about it and trying to sort it all out. But it seems like lying is permissible, more so now than ever. It used to be you tell a lie, and they'd uh, make fun of you. But there's a new religion. It's called Wokeism matter of fact uh, they literally preach and believe that lying is okay and uh so at least they're up front telling the truth that they like to lie but uh you, you know it, it it's something that i think is so important just in every uh, every part of our lives you know whether it's uh social religious uh personalities that that uh people have to be believed or things don't go so well and you know i think that um, we, we of course don't, uh, you know, uh, endorse certain candidates, but we do talk about their positions, and we talked about Trump because he was in, in the news. But you know we've talked about one other candidate that uh, I think we're going to continue to talk about because he's fascinating more and more people, and that's RFK, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. And I keep thinking, you know, he has some things there that uh, he he's uh, can overlap with with the Trump, but he might emphasize a lot different on civil liberties and the foreign policies would be different. So I would like to, uh, in my own mind, think about what what is Trump saying that is politically good and more politically uh, necessary to say, and along with uh, some of the ideas of RFK, because uh, there's something fascinating about that. And uh, when you think of the Kennedy family that's gone on, uh, it's, been, it's been around. But I think RFK has, uh, you, you know, adjusted the Kennedy phenomenon the Kennedy beliefs, in a way where he has uh, looks to me. I hope he's not offended by saying he looks more libertarian than the Kennedy family was in the past. So I think bringing those two together and melting them together uh, might be a benefit politically. I do want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.